The first outfit we have in the exhibition is a uh, uh, silken velvet, uh, what would appear to be an evening dress, designed for Mrs. Sachs of Sachs Fifth Avenue Department Store in New York City in the mid part of the 1890s. As far as we know, it's meant to represent Catherine de' Medici, whose family was one of the great Renaissance patrons, of course, and her uh, influence on fashion is, is famous and uh, still has consequence. Uh, the dress was given to me by a woman in, North, in West Vancouver who got it from a neighbor. So the story is second and third hand, but it's not unreasonable. The second of uh, the typical features for the 1890s, mind you, for a fashionable dress is a fitted bodice, extremely broad shoulders with puffed sleeves, and then a skirt which is supported by a bustle pad at the back and numerous petticoats. What they've done here, of course, is tried to amalgamate elements of the Renaissance period using rich fabrics and, and layering and so on, and uh, rationalize, rationalize that with modern fashion of the 1890s, which had a lot of the same features. The second outfit is uh, an unbleached cotton masquerade costume from about 18, I'm sorry, 1908, 910, in that general period towards the end of the Edwardian period, but just before the First World War. It's meant to represent the fine art of painting, so it is decorated with artificial dabs of color. Um, uh, they are silk patches of silk actually meant to look like teardrop shapes representing the, the liquid paint. And there's a fan of um, paintbrushes on the chest and on the hat, which is the palette-shaped uh, object you see on the floor of the case. When it's worn, uh, the woman's hat would have perched on the front of her head with the uh, the larger part of it uh, elevated, resting on the bun of her hair, which would have been done up into a, a fancy knot if her hair would not have been down. The uh, Sequentially, then we have the second case is a series of black and white costumes from the 1920s. Um, masquerade costumes were always extremely popular uh, in a time before television and so on. Uh, fancy dress costumes were, were universal. Um, there are photographs of people here in fancy dress costumes in Europe, uh, in Asia, the, the uh, European population in particular. The three dresses, the three outfits here are all from the 20s, perhaps the 30s. The one on the left-hand side, the brighter, whiter one, uh, is meant to represent popular music uh, with uh, uh, bars of music and words from some short uh, uh, popular songs and classical music as well. That belonged to a young woman who was originally from the Maritimes who came here to go to UBC and this was a, a dress that she wore at a UBC uh, fancy dress party. The uh, object, uh, the um, outfit in the middle is a man's costume uh, from the 20s, perhaps the 30s, but I'd like to think from the 20s, of course. It's meant to represent uh, uh, Perrault, most likely, but a, a, a version of a clown, as in the, the opera Pagliacci, The Clowns. White satin with oversized, humorous black buttons on it, that's the idea. And the ruffled collar is definitely supposed to look clown-like. 
This was a, a standard costume for a lot of men and sometimes even women to wear at, at fancy dress costumes, uh, costume functions. The little black object in front of it is the cap that would have been worn as a skull cap. The third outfit in this case is a black cotton dress decorated with pale silvery colored uh, silk uh, patches and white wool pompons. Um, the dress has the handkerchief points uh, hemline, which is uh, typical of the late, <laughs> excuse me, the late 1920s. And the hat that you see on the form in front of it is sort of a variation of a cloche with the, the rising uh, curved form that you'd see in some Russian headdresses of the period and wedding headdresses as well. That I got in the Salvation Army thrift store on 12th Avenue in about 1965. So I've had it a very, very long time. It's a variation of the Pierrot Pierrette sort of costume as well, or Harlequin. Um, it's a little of this and a little of that, but it's, it's great fun and, uh, and nicely done. We think that the woman who owned it, because there were other things in that assortment of, of stuff, that uh, she was probably a professional entertainer. In the middle case, we have another garment from the 1920s, the blue and gold metallic cape. That is a fashionable garment from the late 20s, but it was actually used as costume because it was worn by a man named Ross Hamilton when he uh, portrayed the character Marjorie in performances with the, the cast of The Dumbbells. The Dumbbells was a theater group, uh, sort of did vaudeville, essentially, but they performed with the... They were all soldiers. Uh, the entire crew was male, uh, and they performed in the uh, field camps and, and uh, hospitals and places like that in Europe during the First War. They were extremely popular, and uh, they, a lot of times their costumes were actually given to them by aristocratic women trying to support the, the war effort. This particular cape uh, is from the late 20s. Uh, they continued to perform after the war because there were so many veterans around that remembered them, and they were talented, popular players. This cape was being used here in Vancouver at a performance in the late 20s, and Mr. Hamilton ripped the lining of it and took it to Donaldson's, the local, one of the local dressmakers, to have it repaired, and never went back to pick it up. So the family just tucked it away, waiting for him to come back as a good, responsible business. And after 50 or 60 years, they knew it was unlikely he was coming for it, so they turned it over to me. Um, it's a little bit of Canadian military history, which is sort of amusing for, from my point of view, but it's great. And with it, we've got two pieces of their sheet music. They did create their own music uh, for their reviews. And beside it, we have um, a Venetian costume. This would have been made for a, a very wealthy woman. It's made in Paris uh, by a woman named uh, Bertha or Berta Berger, uh, whose shop was on the Rue Saint-Honoré, which is an extremely expensive, prestigious part of Paris. It's meant to represent a, a, a glamorous woman in Venice in the 18th century, when she's presumably slipping through the streets incognito to meet her lover uh, rather than staying home with the husband. So that's the, the overtone to it. And with it, we have this rather sort of peculiar-looking wig and shiny white stuff. 
but that would have given her the, the, a more convincing appearance for the 18th century. And the wedge-shaped cap with the badge on the side was meant to be worn at a tilt uh, just over the right eye so that she would be provocative and with the mask, of course, provocative but mysterious at the same time. In the last case, this is performance costume, really. This isn't masquerade or fancy dress, as the others are. Um, but uh, the dresses belong to Karen Magnuson, who was one of the top athletes in Canada and also one of the more important entertainers in the world of figure skating. Uh, a, a great star in the history of Canadian ice skating and, and winter sports generally, a remarkable, talented person. Uh, the other uh, outfit, the man's outfit, belonged to Toller Cranston, who was also a remarkably successful, talented, and famous Canadian figure, skate, uh, figure skater. And uh, the two of them were acquainted, so it's appropriate that the two, uh, the two people are represented in this one case. These are from the 1970s, most likely, just as their careers were at their, at their apex. <laughs> 